0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the City of Hope Church podcast. This is week eight of our small group series and today we're going to start a brand new chapter in talking about mission. Um, If you're following along with us in the book we're going to be covering pages 119 through 129 roughly today. And so yeah let's just dive right into it. We're going to be talking about mission. Now before we talk about uh, all the things that that mission encompasses i know a lot of us have preconceived ideas of what mission is but i think it's important to start with where it starts in terms of of god's mission and what his desire and his goal is and essentially his goal is to bring the kingdom of god to earth Um, in every everything um, that we experience from creation itself to to our relationships every living thing every human being would live in a world that's good and and experienced um, unhindered intimacy with God. Now, of course, after the fall, along with that, God's mission became to redeem humanity. Clay.
1: Mm-hmm. I think I think one of the things that we we've talked about quite a bit, and um, I feel like we have anyway, but it's something that that I, I don't really fully know how to explain it. But you know, I think a lot of times people think, well god is not a big fan of like the physical because he's spirit and one day he's just going to do away with this world and all physical stuff and we're just going to be spiritual beings out somewhere else and uh that's that's actually a wrong it's not a biblical view Mm. uh when he created the world he was a pretty big fan he looked at it and said this is all good Mm -hmm. this physical stuff the ocean's good the animals are good the land is good And he created human beings and he said, this is very good. And his whole intent was that, as we've said before, human beings and God would be one. Hmm. And that heaven and earth would in essence be one. And that as long as we stewarded the earth properly out of the overflow of our relationship with God as his image bearers, as stewards of this earth that he gave us as a good gift, then as, the, as we grew in the image of God and reflected the beauty of God, the earth would grow in the image of heaven and reflect the kingdom of heaven, and those two would become one. So obviously, like you said, sin has broken that. It has marred the image of both human beings and the earth itself, which is now groaning. And you see storms and all kinds of chaotic stuff going on in the world because of because of this groaning, waiting for the Bible says the manifestation of the sons of God, that we would come into our rightful inheritance to steward this place as we were supposed to. And, and the demonic powers that are at work would, would be vanquished mm-hmm. and things would be set right. So when Jesus returns, he's setting things right. He is... Renewing the face of the earth. Even when we talk about people say, well, it's all going to burn because they, you know, out of Second Peter it says that all of the elements are going to melt with fervent heat. But a lot of people believe that to be a purifying fire, like a renewal type of a fire. It burns out that's that which does not need to be here, but the world itself remains and is renovated and renewed. In which Revelation it says, Behold, I make all things new. Yeah, and heaven and earth become one. Yeah. There's new heavens and a new earth. But that being said, um, God's kingdom is his rule and reign on earth. And when his kingdom comes, you experience peace, you experience righteousness, justice, joy, freedom for the captive, healing, and God's presence. And so God's mission is for heaven to come to earth so that his will will be done on earth and everybody will benefit from it. Mm-hmm. And that's why he teaches us to pray Um Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your name is holy. And then he prays the very first thing. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, he's saying once you engage God in worship, your first prayer should be that you you become a channel and a vessel by which God's will is done. And when his will is done, what you see is heaven being released on earth. Mm -hmm. God's kingdom, God's rule, God's reign is impacting this earth that is now broken and chaotic and sinful and marred and peace and righteousness and justice and joy and love is being poured out to transform it. And when that happens, you get a little taste of of a heavenly reality. And so it's it's not hard to walk into a situation, into a room, into an event and say, man, what does this feel like? Does this feel like closer to hell? Or closer to heaven. Mm-hmm. Like what's what's the fruit of this situation that we're walking into? Yeah. And so when you get around Christian believers, when you get in a small group, when you go into a church, obviously what's your what you want you want God's presence, love, joy, peace, righteousness. And when you don't see those things happening, there's there's a fundamental breakdown. So Anyway, I don't know if that's that's sort of the, the, the beginning is that God's mission, his end goal is to restore humanity to mm-hmm. the relationship with God, to become image bearers of God. Yeah. And then he wants to restore and redeem all the earth as well with it. All of his creation he wants to redeem.
0: Yeah, I love what it says on page 120 here. and it's, And this single line kind of stuck out to me. I thought it was really good. But it says, Jesus knew that the kingdom of God, His rule and reign would not be realized on earth until people who were far from God were brought near. Mm -hmm. And I just love that language there, and having their hearts and minds transform in a way in which they no longer live in rebellion to God, but out of love and obedience. And so he came knowing that. And in the broken, I mean, that's what... um, you know, it seems like when you become a Christian, like even going back to what you said about like the physical world, it's like your whole, the lens in which you see the world and relationships and everything changes, and even in even in creation, I th- to, to me personally, I think creation is is one of the the, the biggest things that kind of sheds light and evidence of god's creation and his beauty and how magnificent he is absolutely i mean just when you sit still in the morning and you're watching the fog burn off the trees and the light you know invade the darkness as the sun comes up and you know there's just animals and there's beauty and birds chirping and hawks flying overhead and this and that it's uh if you sit still in that it's yeah it's beautiful and 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 honestly, like, and with everything, you're able to see his hand and how it's like you, 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 when you experience a relationship the right way, and when you are in those situations, like you're talking about, and all of a sudden in the middle of your chaos, you have people around you laying hands or praying, or you're singing a song in worship, and you feel his presence, you feel the kingdom of God breaking through. And all of a sudden, it, in a time in which you were far from God, like it says right here, you're far away. You're 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 brought near to that. You just it, it's amazing when you experience that touch of heaven, so to speak, that kingdom yeah. breaking in here in the here and now on earth.
1: Yeah, and and it, I'm probably getting off on a trail here, but it seems like a lot of people here recently. I think even somebody in a small group asked me this question comes up so regularly: uh, Will we know our loved ones in heaven? And it's always so interesting to me how people could even have a thought in their mind that somehow what takes place in heaven could be uh, inferior or worse than what we have here. Yeah. Well, what, well, uh, you know, I read that I'm not going to be married to my spouse. Well, yeah, not in the way that you are here, but you're going to be more married to your spouse than you ever were here. You're going to know her so fully. And you're going to, all your relationships, everything that, even in your best relationships, you're only getting a foretaste, a little yeah, touch, a touch. Of, of of the love that you will have for that individual whenever our, our our chains are fully broken and we don't see through a veil dimly anymore. And we see the love of God and the kingdom of God in, in all of its fullness. And, you know, somebody even said, well, I don't even think it'll matter whether we know them or not. And, I, and to that I say... No, it it it's exactly what matters. That's what life is all about. I mean, God created us for love, and love is centered around the people that we know and are fully known by. That's where love exists in its deepest parts when we know and are fully known. And so, um I yeah, I just I think anything that makes that downplays the goodness of the world and what God has created and that ultimately heaven is just that becoming all it was ever intended to be with, with sin and evil and darkness and pain and tears and all of those things being completely removed, then you're talking about what God's kingdom looks like. So anyway, all that being said, what God knows on mission and understanding mission is that in order to start to, to bring, like you said, there's these moments where we become a gateway for heaven. Uh, by the Holy Spirit residing in us as individuals. But, but he knows in order for that to happen, what we need is a new spirit. He told Adam and Eve, Look, the day that you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. Well, actually, after they ate it, death did enter, uh, but, but they didn't die instantly physically, but they did die spiritually. They were, they were cut off. They experienced a spiritual death and they were cut off from God in that in that same in the same way that they had that communion with him in the spirit. The Bible says they walked with him in the garden in the cool of the day. Literally it's the ruach. They walked with him in the spirit it says. So they heard the voice of God, and they heard that voice of God in their spirits. It wasn't an audible, physical voice. It was, it was the way that we were supposed to originally commune with God. So God knows that in order for the kingdom to be restored, we need new spirits. Mm-hmm. And one of, I love these verses in Ezekiel 36, because if you're praying for a lost person, I think you pray, you pray these verses over them. It says, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean, verse 25. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. You will be my people and I will be your God. And I love that because I remember my conversion when I was like just filled with the Holy Spirit and transformed some things, broke off of my life completely. And up to that point, I had tried to do what God was telling me to do and failed miserably. After this point of of that conversion experience where I was filled with the spirit of God it was like do, doing what God wanted me to do simply came natural now mm-hmm. he moved me to do it mm-hmm. there was an internal comp- compulsion to do what God was asking me to do that I did not have before that even when I tried and you know we'll get more into that I think in the next section on power uh but but his his first redeeming act and his mission is is that Jesus comes to die on the cross to forgive us of our sins, but also he sends the Holy Spirit to give us a new spiritual birth. Mm-hmm. And that's so important because what we're not offering people religion. We're offering uh, people a chance to have a relationship with Jesus Christ through his work on the cross to be redeemed and reconciled to the Father. But, but the, the initial stage of salvation is you are born again. right? Your spirit that was once dead Is now cleansed from the filthiness of its idols he takes out that heart of stone he gives you a new heart he puts his a new spirit within you and then he puts his spirit inside of that new spirit Mm -hmm. and that's where god dwells and so even though we still have physical cravings and we've still got some mental issues because our minds not renewed on the inside we sense God's presence and we sense this 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 movement of God compelling us to move forward in, in his righteousness his joy his peace mm-hmm. and that's and that's a major aspect of the mission that God has is to give us a new heart
0: yeah it talks about uh, Jesus and his mission a little bit there and the, one of the first signs it talks about is he was fueled by love yes and one of the questions I wrote down in my notes here is is kind of you know what are we fueled by? A yep. lot of times, even as Christians, I think there's like this. There's something else that kind of can get in the way of of why we're doing things. And you know, I, I read like, um, you, you know, for example, talking about like like Paul, for example. You know, I wrote I wrote here in the book, and I'm not trying to jump. Ahead too far, we'll go back. But on page 124, Romans chapter 9, verses 1 through uh, 3, there it says, "For I wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, those of my own race, the people of Israel." And he's compelled with such deep love for people yeah. that he he would be willing to, to to be separated from Christ for them. Yeah. And I think about you know my own motives and you know as the church in general sometimes you know, do we really love people that way? Yeah. Do we really, are we really compelled by love? Yeah. And I think that's a good, a good thing to ask ourselves. And then, you know, to also really, you know, think about, you know, why we do things and, and so forth and so on. And, and in talking about being compelled, I love these verses here. Uh, it's got them listed in the book, but it's Second Corinthians chapter 5. And it's good stuff. I'll just read through it. uh, Verses 14 through 21. It says, "...for Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer." through us and when we when we realize what jesus did and and go even going back to what you said when we first become a christian when we realize really what happens for us and we're changed and we're made new and we're cleansed it it, it should be that 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 compels us forward uh and and a love for people rather than you know our other agendas kind of getting in the way
1: yeah and and i I'll say this being fueled by love is not something that you just wake up one day and say you know what I think I'll be fueled by love yeah you have to be connected to the source which is love and and when when love is not flowing from our hearts honestly it's because we we have somehow like Adam and Eve hid from the presence of of, of the Lord in in some sense or another i was talking to you just a minute ago about um I just I, I see different things. I know, and I, I kind of I hate to call him out. It may bother him a little bit, but like our, our buddy Richard, um, he I talk to him sometimes, and I've just watched him over the past few years. He went through like a he went through like a a season in his life where he was battling fear and anxiety and stuff. And and what he did in that season though was he just really turned radically into the Scripture and prayer. And and I watched him do it. I mean, still to this day, like he'll just he'll send me random verses all the time, and and I love that because it just there's multiple things going on. One, the verse will always speak to me. I lo- you know what I'm saying any random verse that comes, it's like, man, why what, what's the deal with this verse coming to me today anyway? Uh, but but in in going into that, what I've noticed with him, and this is what I notice when people really push into God, not just for knowledge sake but they're developing like a a a real genuine relationship with jesus there there's this overflow of love like i've watched his heart be tenderized over the past few years Mm -hmm. i've watched him wrestle with some internal struggles and vocalize that but then i've also watched him like i've watched him be compelled to make phone calls to people that that he probably wouldn't May, there's no way he'd make those phone calls on his own. There's something internally going on. Christ within him is compelling him to reach out to these people. Yeah. I remember, you know, whenever whenever I first got saved, I would be, and and I mean, I was just consumed in the Word of God and in prayer. I was I was fasting. But what I would notice so often is I would get around people, and and just be compelled from within to share Jesus with them. Mm-hmm. And what I know is that were that not in me as an overflow of my relationship, my private personal relationship with Jesus, there's no way I would have had those conversations with these people. Uh, I, re- I remember one time driving driving down the road late at night in Oneida and ha- had actually left the church and been praying and just praying, saying, God, I want you to use me. I want my life to be used for you. I'm driving back home when I lived in Oneida, and it's about midnight and there's a woman sitting by herself on the side of the road. And most people said she, uh, people would say she's a prostitute or whatever. Well, I drove by her, and I felt just overwhelmed with the love of God for her. And I was brought to tears as I'm sitting here crossing this bridge. And I felt the Lord just nudge me and say, go have a conversation with her. And, um, and, and I was like, no, Lord. What, how about somebody going to see me at midnight on the corner of a street with somebody that may or may not be a prostitute? I don't think it's a good idea. That could hurt my reputation here, Lord. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but he kept pushing on me, and I was just overwhelmed with the love of God. So I pulled up beside her. I got out, and she was a little bit scared. So she got up and started to walk away, and I said, hey, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to hurt you or anything. I just wanna. I just want to pray for you. And she just sort of turned to me and kind of laughed a little bit and put her head down and she said you don't know the kind of struggles i have there's not there's not a god here that could that could reach into the kind of she said you got little little 20 year old troubles is what she told me <laughs> and i said yeah. i said i'm sure that's right i just know that it's midnight and when i drove by you all i felt was the love of god for you and he wanted me to at least come by and tell you how much that he loves you and she just put her head down and i said can i pray for you and she said, yeah, you can. And I prayed for her. Now, she never said anything else. And oftentimes, um, I'll, I'll um, you know, she she may have said thanks. She smiled at me. I can't remember, but she just sort of walked off after that. But you could tell that'll come back to my mind because I recognize just like how hardened she was. I'm sure she's been abused, untelling what she's been through, this woman. I don't even know who she is at this point. Mm-hmm. But but the love of God Compelled me to at least put a crack in that shell, in hopes that one day, you know what I mean. That seed that's sown, that small act, could take root and change a person's heart. But I think that's the thing: being compelled by love is gonna is gonna f- come out of an overflow mm-hmm. of you being with the God who is love. You have to you have to let Him pour His heart into you, in order for that to in order for that to begin to happen.
0: Yeah, I think that's so good, and I think that's how we stay rooted in, you know, being compelled by love. And and we see the example from Jesus that talks about it here. He was, he woke up early to pray, um, you know, before every major decision he went and prayed. He was uh, led and filled with the Holy Spirit. And you see him leading us, you know, by example, yeah. and going out, you know, yeah. uh, and fasting and doing those things. And so you see his example, and it's, so much more true for us that's that's how we have to live those those things that we do in terms of mission has to overflow from our private relationship building and growing uh in Christ through prayer and reading and those things
1: right it says you know in John 5:19 that Jesus determined to only do what he saw the father doing and to join him in his work through the power of the spirit as one sent by the father on his mission now, I believe this with all of my heart, and this is hard for people to understand because when, you don't, when you're not led by the Spirit, when you don't have that, the Spirit compelling you to do something, it's almost like you try to formulate good deeds on your own. Like, what would be good for us to do? And that's all good. You know, come up with a program. But what I'm telling you is, is that, and, I'm, and Jesus did the same thing. Jesus made it a priority to, to not get up and say, you know what, I think I want to do some good works today. What would be good? Like, who's in the town here that needs some help?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's great. But what but what he's saying is, no, the father is doing something today. So in order for me to tune in with what the father is doing, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to get with God in prayer and I'm going to see what the father is doing. And I'm not going to say anything unless he's saying it. And I'm not going to going to do anything unless I see him doing it. So what he's saying is, is, is that mission is birthed out of a relationship with God the Father. Yep. That, that first and foremost, your mission, or I should say your ministry, is to, to God the Father in relationship. And when you have that, there will be genuine overflow. And you will be compelled not just by religious, well, I need to do some good works. But you'll be compelled by the love of the Father for humanity. And he will move you to people. He'll lead you uh, to people. And in different ways, and sometimes it's, it's very, very simple acts, but I'm telling you, I'm, I've seen it in my own life and, and in so many other people's lives. When you take risks like that, miracles do happen. I've seen people that were demonized be set free. I've seen people that were sick get healed. And then, and then I've just simply seen people experience and encounter the love of God and it move their heart to a place where they can, they can receive salvation. I was with two buddies the other day. One of them goes to a church in London. One of them goes to a, a church in Corbin now. And we were hanging out. But we were talking about all the times past when we were in college together. And I can remember when God just did something. You know, I had a, was developing a private relationship with God. I had a conversion. I was filled with the Spirit of God. And I went to both of those guys at different times and by the grace of God and i remember the moment when i went to both of them they were in their their apartments at that time and it was at different times and i just i just sat down and i poured out my heart of what god had done in my life both of those guys one of them's in ministry in london the other guy's now in a church um uh, he's went through some stuff but he's leading a small group now and 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 all three of us we came from from some some rough backgrounds we didn't mm-hmm. know the lord we were just partying and you know, living the life apart from God, and but but you know your mission will often just start right where you're at. I mean, you get saved, you're coming to know Jesus. Man, take that opportunity to get your friends around you and say, here's what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm going through. I ain't perfect yet, but this is what Jesus is doing in my life because those are the people often that God's going to send you to.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of times when you hear just that word mission, you you automatically. Think about like, of course, missionaries Mm -hmm. uh, or you think about like mission trips that that involve some far off place. And those are absolutely part of it, for sure. Or you think about um, mission in terms of like, you know, like stuff to do with the church here, like, you know, whether it be preaching or teaching or music or, you know, you think about these bigger things. And really, like you said, it just starts right there within your closest relationship Sometimes, and and even going to this, this kind of hit me really hard too. You know, going back to Second Corinthians, there, Paul's talking, and essentially, um, you know, Paul sees him himself. You know, out of out of this 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 love that he he has, um, and Christ's love for him. His primary purpose is being Christ's ambassador. Yeah, and and I wrote this question down. Do we see this as our primary purpose? You know, if you were to, if I were to ask anybody, hey, what do you do, or you know, why are you here, your your job, or whatever, whatever. That's what most people would say. Well, I'm this this job, or I'm this or that, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, so forth and so on. I've never heard really anyone respond that way. No, like now I'm. I'm Christ's ambassador here. Right. You know, so so I think, like you said, realizing and seeing that if that's your number one thing, then it doesn't matter what you're doing or where you're at. Like, that's your purpose there. Yes. Whether it be in a far off place and, you know, across the the ocean or it be, you know, actually within the church or something you're doing there or your your workplace or just sitting around a bonfire with your buddies or, or whatever the case is.
1: Well, and that's the thing, you know, we're, we get so caught up as human beings, like, well, where, what career does God want me to have or what job does he want me to work or where does he want me to live? And, and in reality, he's sitting there saying, I don't know, pick one <laughs> and, then, and then do what I've called you to do, like – Pick a career, uh, you know. Not to, say, and I should probably shouldn't say that because I think it is important. I think God does send people definitely to specific careers. Yeah. But sometimes we put we hyper we put hyper focus on those things. You know, it talks about like page one twenty four. I love what it says. It says in Matthew six, Jesus says to his disciples, "Don't worry, saying what shall we eat or what should we drink, what should we wear." The pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He knows you need a career. He knows you need clothes. He knows you need a house, right? But he says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And the question is, what are you actually seeking first in your life? Mm -hmm. Because Jesus describes that we're going to have a propensity to frantically run after many things and honestly be panicked about it. Yeah because we worry about our money, we worry about retirement.
0: That's us to the T,
1: man. And we chase careers, and then we we chase relationships because they think they're going to help us feel loved. We're looking for approval. We want a better house. We want uh, greater fashion. Uh, We want financial stability. And what he's saying is, no, you can trust that if you'll just seek first the kingdom of God, He'll give you all those things when you need them. Mm-hmm. He'll clothe you like Solomon if you like fashion. You know what I'm saying? That's what he even <laughs> says. He says, "Look at, the, he says, look at the birds there, the lilies of the field. Nothing's, nothing's been. God knows everything about them. He feeds them." Uh, he clothes the lilies of the field. You think he ain't going to clothe you? What he's saying is you're focusing on the wrong things. Yeah. You need to get your heart focused and in alignment with the mission of God. Tomorrow is not a way for you to figure out how can I make more money or how can I become advance my career. No, tomorrow is a day for you to advance the kingdom of God be on god's mission and watch him supply your need in every other area
0: yeah it's going back to what you said i think that's a huge point because we do like we 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 put it on a pedestal in terms of like career and job and stuff i remember for me when that changed i was i was deciding between a job at uh, redbird and clay county uh several years ago in my career and i was thinking on that job and praying through it and um it was almost like god was saying well what do you want to do? And it was the oddest kind of feeling that I got. Yeah. Because I really believe, like, I could have chose either one of those things, and, and it, it, God would have blessed it. And that was confirmed again when you know I was I was seeking after a, a certain position. I didn't get that position, and I thought like my world was shattered there for a minute because I really felt like God was that's what He called me to. But re- and and He spoke to me in that moment. He said, No, it was more. It was never about this position. It was just a, it was about the process yeah. of you going through that. And so, you know, obviously there's a certain – I, I believe that God has put me in certain positions sure. at certain times for sure, you know. And He's and the thing is it's always been smooth. God opens doors. He closes doors. Um, and, and especially if we just say, you know, God, it's yours. You know, you're first. That's, that's primary. And let the, the chips fall where they may, so yeah. to speak. But yeah, he he will always guide you and lead you in that, and and he will use you wherever you are. Yeah. Like you said, it doesn't really matter sometimes the 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 position or whatever. So
1: and use you in ways that you could never even fully understand. The problem is, is we get so tore up and self focused that we don't we don't notice the people around us. Mm. We don't we're not being sensitive to the nudges of God in our workplace. We're not being sensitive to the nudges of God. In our, in our family life yeah, and 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 so we're chasing we're in this frantic rat race that the world has programmed us to be in and when our relationship with uh, God gets a little bit stale we're just not sensitive to the move of the spirit on his mission and we don't see people with love the same way that he does as, as like these people are sheep without a shepherd these are people who need to hear the gospel of Jesus and that's the thing too like there are, there is a there's nobody that's not on mission that's a Christian. If you are yeah. a Christian, you don't say, well, that's for missionaries. I'm just sort of the, I'm called to just go to church and hear a sermon and be a good person. No. 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 If, if you have the Spirit of God, the love of God is in there wanting to break out on people, and it, and it can function in a million different ways, but he's sending you out. John 20, it says, just as the Father sent Jesus uh, he's he's now sending his own disciples, he's sending us out in, into the world yep. to reach people the same way that Jesus reached people. And it lists in the book there, it says, where are we sent? And he says three three specific things that we may be sent to, and that's people, places, and positions. And I think, you know, I even mentioned this earlier, like I was uniquely aware that whenever... Whenever uh, I first got saved, it was so abundantly clear to me that that God wanted me to be a witness to my friends and to my family. That's who he sent me to. Those are the people that originally he sent me to. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I think there's an argument now. I feel like I shouldn't say an argument, but, but now I sense that, hey, the Lord has sent me to, obviously, Clay County. But, you know, we've even received... What I would consider to be prophetic words from a few different people that have encouraged me and said, and said, you know, I believe that God wants to take City of Hope Church, and and reach southeastern Kentucky. Well, I, I mean, I might even say that it goes farther than that. I wouldn't say our, our reach and our impact isn't massive by certain standards. But I just last week I got to. Uh, two cards in the mail one 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 lady from over in hazard she even wrote us a check to give to our building fund uh listens listens to us all the time feels really connected listens to this podcast so thank god for people like that another another lady another couple up in. if i'm not mistaken i think it's illinois Mm -hmm. and uh and they sent us they sent us a card as well just so so and i and obviously like Laurel County. We're having an impact that we've got small groups that are that are impacting Laurel County. We've got people from Jackson County, Clay County. So so we're as a church, we're reaching this region, but anybody who's listening to this podcast, you whether you're in Hazard, Jackson County, Laurel County or Clay County or Onita, wherever you're at, like God has I can't be there. Yeah. <laughs> but you can.
0: Yeah. And you've for got sure.
1: you've got friends, you've got family there and how we spread if we all enter into this mission together yeah. like wildfire and some of the greatest missionaries I've seen in our church are really just people who come to our church and they're like, something happens. They have an encounter with God uh, and, and they're like, man, I just I just sense the presence of the Lord that they, they they're they talk to you about it. They're laying something down, you know, they're, they're laying something down for the Lord and they're getting involved and then they start leading a small group or get involved in a small group invite their friends and then all of a sudden they're bringing in more and more people to the church Mm -hmm. and uh and most people i think who just get in the rut and routine of well i've been going to church for 15 years you know they have a hard time (laughs) being on mission anymore yeah and they ain't brought down by church in 10 or 15 years you know what i'm saying yeah so it gets it gets difficult uh but we're sent to people we have our own thing and we're sent to places um, and I love what it says here um, in 1 Corinthians 9 Paul says though I am free and belong to no one it's verse 19 I've made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible, as possible to the Jews I became like a Jew to win the Jews to those under the law I became like one under the law though I myself am not under the law so as to win those under the law and he goes on and on and he says, to the weak I became weak, to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. Hmm. And so we, we, he, he's saying, you know, if I get around a different crowd, I'm going to figure out a way. It's not that I'm being fake or I'm being duplicitous or I'm trying to act or be a hypocrite. No, it's, he's just saying that, that I'll, in order to reach people, I'll do what I need to do as far as like getting on their level in order to share Christ with them mm-hmm. because I want to see people saved. And he took the posture of a servant. He was willing to leave behind uh, culture and preferences. See, that's another thing, too. Sometimes you got to think about, like, okay, what is actually going to reach people? What is going to bridge that gap where this person is far from God? How am I going to bring, her, bring them closer? I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not interested in putting up a wall. I'm not interested in driving them out. I'm not interested in trying to fight for a preference, or a cultural look, I want to do things that are going to be winsome,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and ultimately at the end of the day, what is the, what wins people is not what we do, but it's the message, yeah. the gospel message we have, that Jesus Christ has died for your sins, and and you can be saved, you can be forgiven, you can be set free, you can repent of sin and have eternal life in Christ, and so that's 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 where He's moving us, and I think that last thing is is positions um but i love what it says and we already mentioned this it says jesus does not appoint some to be missionaries and others to sit on the bench yeah we're all sent we've all got a mm-hmm. place to go we've all got a people to go to and we're many of us are in a position specifically you know a lot of people have jobs man where it's bad environment yeah and they're wondering, man, I just don't, this is not a good Christian environment. It's not where I want to be. I'd say maybe maybe God has entrusted you to that environment. and He's trying to develop you and strengthen you. And perhaps he's asking you to come to him, to draw from him, to enter into prayer and intercession. Because he wants you to be that light in that dark spot that brings true breakthrough. And I'm telling you, so many hardened hearts are just one moment away. From, from that shattering and God really touching their hearts and saving them. And so you want to have faith for that. Mm-hmm. You want to have faith for that, that one small act might just change everything.
0: Yeah, and as we kind of close things up, I think that's a good question to kind of think about. You know, how could seeing yourself as sent, like you said, Clay, change the way you view your life right now? What people, place, or position is Jesus sending you into right now, yeah, and I think that's a. Uh, it changes your perspective, because uh, and and that's the thing. A lot of times it's really hard for us to be present. I feel like, because we're always thinking about the next thing, mm-hmm. like we want to get to this place or we want to get to that position or we want to be around those people, rather than kind of like stopping for a second, being content in the moment, and saying, okay, where am I at right now? Yeah, and how can I use this moment? Yeah, for he may
1: just be sending you to your mom or yeah. Or to your brother, or you know, to your to your family members, or, or whatever. But it's those small acts um, that really can make a big difference. Just some, God puts somebody on your heart. Call them on the phone. Say, listen, man, God put you on my heart. Is there any way, anything that I can pray with you about? Take that risk, take that step, pray for them over the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe God's really pushing on you. Go to their house, mm-hmm. visit them, walk in on them. Well, that would be weird. Yeah, but you have an opportunity in that weirdness to unleash the kingdom of heaven into yeah. their life. It'll, it, if God is leading you, it will make an impact. It will be like a little mustard seed that grows up and and absolutely transforms a situation. So I just encourage people to take that risk on mission, be in prayer for some of the people around you, and let's just see what God does, see how Amen. the kingdom breaks out.
0: Amen. All righty, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to talking to you again on the next one.